Go Light presents Murder Most Irish. Say hi to the people on the podcast. Um, if anybody is in Canada right now, tell me how bad it is. Emma's coming! Because <laughs> I was looking, they had like a blizzard yesterday or something, and I'm like, oh my god, 30 centimetres of snow oh my in god. 16 hours. And I'm like, I don't have, I'm not equipped for this. So if anybody's in Canadian land, let a girl 30 know. 30 centimetres of snow! Yeah, like Ontario is like fucking really bad. So if anybody... If anybody knows what I should do, uh, I'm going to have to buy proper shit when I get over there because I don't think what I have is going to... is gonna. Why? What have you got? Well, I don't have like... I bought like thermal tights and stuff, but they're not great. And I think we're just going to have to go over there and go to like one of those stores and just buy a few bits when we're over there. But I could just bring you to the Catalan now. Oh God, no. Oh, no. I'll go when I get over there. I'm not. Because I figure I'd, like, I don't want to carry all that shit either. And if it's stuff that I don't need, I can always just leave it there. It's not that expensive as well. Oh, look at this. What am I going to use? Look at this. Sustainability in me. Oh, well, where I'm, the shops I'm going to go to are going to be sustainable. Because I know that shit's going to be fucking expensive. I'm not going to get anything cheap. They don't have a pennies. That's why you go to Decathlon. They don't have a pennies. They have a, you have a Decathlon here. Is that cheap? Yeah, that's the whole what point it? of it. It's cheap sports gear. I, I did not know that. And so they have the whole, a whole winter okay, snow Okay, maybe section. I'll go there then. Okay, I didn't know that. And uh, you'll get a. Well, they have like, they have like, is that thermals and I think I'm going to have to buy one of those coats I hate. Apologies to anybody who owns these coats, but I hate them. I own one. I know you do. And it's just a personal thing that I have with them. It's the feel. I don't like the outside I of them. I quite. They, whatever, it makes my teeth. So the noise of mine sometimes bothers yeah, me. It makes but my also, teeth like, weird. It, there's a, a very specific kind of weather I can wear it in and nothing, nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, yeah, because during the really cold weather, you wear that and it'll keep you really Yeah, no, warm. it works. And Yvonne has one, and it, like I could see she was not cold when we were home. And no, I was fucking freezing. Like. Yeah, like sometimes when I look at you, I think, <clears throat> no wonder this girl gets pneumonia. This hoe. Um, but yeah, it's just the feel. She's just selling You know, when people are walking in here, it just, my teeth go funny when I listen uh, to it. But you can get, um, you can get ones that don't make that noise, but also you can like get, it's like an oil. Oh, really? And it stops the... Stops it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. it just, Some I'm same. Bad, bad, bad. I don't I'm think you need a coat. I think you actually just need thermals. I just need thermals. I have tights and I got a top, but I just don't think they're 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 not going to hack the. Canadian I think if we winter. just get you thermals, and I think if we just get you like fleecy one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Then you can wear your stupid coats over. That's very true. Fabio keeps saying to me, he's like, you can wear your coats, your coats and your shoes. It's just like you know, you have to be warm. And I'm like, I know, but also. So anyway, we're back. <laughs> Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Commit to the fit. That's what the kids say. Commit to the fit, man. Commit to the fit. Yeah, yeah. wearing clothes with the kids on the street. Hello, everybody. I'm very sorry for the last two weeks. Everything was my fault. And I sincerely apologise. You've not apologised for. Uh, well, still, I'm sorry. And we're back. I remember if your family passed away. I know, but like, I am sorry about that. And the week whole... before that, you were actually just taking the piss. I was taking the piss, <laughs> fully. Um, no, so just... that week you can apologise for <laughs> no that week I'm not I'm going to flip it I'm not apologising for that week <laughs> I am apologising for the other week um, so just sorry like about uh, not being around but we're back we're back how long for we don't know two weeks two weeks and then we're gone again <laughs> then we're gone again so you're gone to Canada for another week but we'll have this week and next week and then obviously the third week I won't be able to but then I'll be back if we record another um, actually I'm not even going to say it on this 
So I'm like, what if we record say? two episodes next week, we won't. No, like, we're not gonna. It's I'm away happen. next yeah, week as well, which yeah, makes it more so difficult. Like, it's it's awkward. When are you back from Birmingham? Uh, it's Birmingham, right? We want to be having a baby. She's from Birmingham. Um, I'm back on. Th- I'm coming back Thursday night, so I'm really not going that long. Still, so I can. Nice, and you don't go to Canada to when? Uh, I'm not going till Friday. Well, I'm, I'm flying out Saturday, but I'm going to. to oh, you know, we ain't getting another. We'll no, get an episode done tomorrow, and then. It's not happening. Unless if I can get a story done tomorrow. But I've got some stuff half started. Listen, I'll make no commitments. No, don't make it. Um, stop, stop putting it to tape. Anyway, there'll be definitely two weeks of episodes, and then there may be a week with no episodes. Yeah. So I, I once again, I apologise as I am in Canadian land. Um, um. But then we'll be back, and we'll be back to normal, and then I have nothing on. So I've got nothing. On. I have literally got nothing yeah, going we've got on. Nothing yeah. On then. So we'll be back to do this. Um, how are you? How I'm are right. things? We've not talked about because we hung out with each other yesterday, and this is what happens. This is what happens because we we don't monetize our friendship. Single time, but I think it's good though that we don't do that. Yeah, no, I needed like I needed just a day with Emma and Sarah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like, needed I think just it's a, good that a we day don't, uh, of like two of us being like, "I love you." I but love then the you worst too. thing is then we come in here and we're like, mm-hmm. "You told me everything Crickets, yesterday." Yeah. And I can't think of any of hot topics. What's a hot topic? What's going on in the world? Uh, Liverpool are currently beating Man United seven 0 That's a lot of goals. It's a very. I feel sorry for them. How does okay? I don't understand sports or football, but how does one beat another team in the same? Or they're in the same thing, right? Same league. Seven nil. Yeah. So, like, what can happen is like sports can be very psychological. Do you think it's? Oh yeah, but I don't think the seven nil is fixed. Allegedly, um, like there's definitely like that there's that so team goals. that team that Graham used to follow Inter Milan. Yeah, they spent like years just rigging and fixing, and it all came out, and then they got like demoted or something, and then they couldn't, they weren't allowed to spend a certain amount of money. And, Are they gone? No, no, no. But oh. like they literally like lost all ev- like because they lost they all fixing. of their clubs. Oh my god! And they were like. They were, but they were winning everything, and then it came out that they'd been fixing it for years, like years. I, I just feel like when it gets to a certain amount of money being made, Colin's going to tell me I'm wrong. But when it gets to a certain amount of money being made in these things, I feel like some fixing has to happen. Like maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. It I just... think no, because like all the teams are owned by people that have a massive amount of money, so it's yeah. not as if like it's not like they're poor. And also, you've got like if that was the case. You'd have the same team just win over and over again in, in win these leagues. That's and like true. that's actually not the case anymore. No. Like you used to always be able to depend that Manchester United win. When we when Chelsea, I was growing up, Chelsea are having like... a shit season. Liverpool 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 are having an alright season, they're kinda of up and down. Uh Aston Villa are having like yeah. Man City are the ones to probably win it this year. Man City, Man City are are owned by like the guy who owns Man City is like one of the richest people in the world. That shit's crazy. Yeah, and they've spent more money than any other. Yeah, because they got that guy that Colin was in love with, and then they Jack got him and now Colin wants his head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the other thing is that like so there's a certain amount of money you're allowed to spend, I believe. Like it's all regulated. Yeah. And Man City has spent like more money than any other team. Isn't and that have crazy? Broken that rule. Oh, so, they broke the rule. Yeah, so they'll probably be putting a ban. For next season, where they'll be, they'll have to spend. They'll only be allowed to spend like less than the other teams. I think I don't know. I don't really watch football Sports, or, man. or follow it. But there like, is so much money in, in that shit. And but the, my new job, oh, what? every Monday, it's all sports morning, talk. Every call, 
If you're a Man United fan, <laughs> shut the fuck up! Are you serious? It's half nine in the morning. I couldn't give a fuck who didn't win or lose. Is that what they're doing on every like, when they single ring? call on a Monday morning? <laughs> starts with like, not if you're a Rangers fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> do that. It's so weird because if you it, could just choke on your own dick, <laughs> yeah. because like it's like, why would you? Th- they just do this thing where they think everybody is interested in football. Because obviously in their man brains, they're like... But there are loads of women... Because I work for an English company. Oh, I work for an English division okay. of the company. So they're really into all that stuff. And all of the women are like, oh, I'm a but big Newcastle But I guess fan. that's because they we don't have that. Like, we're Ireland. We don't have that kind of thing where parts of our country are like in the in the same level that English people have we do in the GAA but I just think Irish yeah, people not, give it like there's just nah, not enough there's of us no money, care but there's no money in GAA like well, that if you're like that Premier League of it. yeah that Premier League shit though is like in in them like that's from the day in them your, your father and your mother support a football team and that's it like like every mo- and I mean like every Monday morning and I'm sure people must be looking at me thinking my eye just be like twitch, twitching. Like I and then people go, "Huh, Sarah?" And I, I, I literally, when I say I don't care about sports, no, I, don't care. I don't. And someone was like, "Any sports?" And I was like, "No sports." I watch tennis. I tell you what, I watch Olympics. Sometimes. Ice skating. That's oh, it. I don't even watch that. I watch the ice skating and I become an ice skating expert and I say 9.2. That's like that Billy Connolly joke. fucking 10. You know Billy Connolly joke and her yeah. life where she's like, oh, she's up. She's been up there for 25 minutes. She's done a fucking triple axle, a double axle, a spin, a whammy. She's down on her fanny. And then her foot moved. And he's like, here's the joke is him. Like, Leave a fucking, she's been up there for a week. Like, well, yeah, you, they give them like a 6.4 and I'm like, this, I was crying at the end of this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and they're like oh yeah her foot kind of turned to the left when she jumped it. <laughs> and gymnastics as well I'm like I do. how the only sport sometimes me and Graham and Ninny watch is uh, the Red Bull cliff diving oh that's fun we watch that sometimes I'm, but the reason we watch it is because moms want to go to the places yeah it looks, it looks I'm so like, this? Let's, look that. let's go on holidays I love watching that um, stuff and then <laughs> the stupid Red Bull Red Bull soapbox oh, soapbox derby yeah, 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 I, yeah I like that one um Gymnastics is great though. Here's why it's great because when they're doing that floor routine, I'm pretty sure they're de- witches or demons. Something else is going on there. How did they go? Yeah, like you know that lady, ha- that like, small lady from America. Oh, the the Olympic champion. Yeah, she is phenomenal. Yeah. What's her name? I can't think of her name. I don't know. I don't like sports. She's so pretty, this. but it's fucking crazy what she can do. And then when they're on those beams. Yeah. Like Emma, this is a true story. I had to go to A and E once because I had a whole lot of twitches on my face, and the A and E doctor made me do like um, walking a line, walking a line, and then was like, "We're going to test for mess." <laughs> I know. I, I, was I know. Flat on the ground. I know. When I've been there. I've been like, "This is no. This is no. Yeah. She's fine." This like is just Emma, and she was like, "She went to me. Is your balance always this bad?" And I was like, "What yeah. do you mean bad?" <laughs> This is good. This is a perfectly good And balance. she was like, right, so we're going to do a spinal tap tomorrow for MS. And I was like, I'm leaving <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and I was like, please don't leave. Let's I'm stay. Like, let's stay. Let's stay. Girl, let's I'm not stay. staying here for this. No, there was no talk to her. We were there Fucking for hours. Remember how long we were there? Yeah. And I was like, the minute she was like, we're doing do a spinal tap tomorrow. I was like, uh, no, goodbye. Because I know they came out looking for you and we're like, where yeah. the fuck is she gone? gone. <laughs> By the light of the silvery moon. So yeah, I couldn't be, even if I was like, 
incredibly fit. Yeah. I could, I do not but have I think any form of balance. Your ears, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I my think balance is that. so terrible. But I think it, whenever I watch these kids that are amazing at sports and stuff, I'm like, God, you had parents that were like, hey, why don't you do this? And but, we'll support you. But also I think they've got those parents that are like, there's Peter no choice. Parent, like, like I brought yeah. Lily and Laurie out today. Yeah. Laurie does dancing once a week and Lily does swimming once a week. Yeah. And Lily did not go swimming yesterday. No. Because she's lazy. Oh, she, no, because she went to her daddy daughter day. No, no, no. She was supposed to go swimming and then do daddy daughter. Oh. She decided not to. And then I said to Laurie today, hey, did you go dancing yesterday? And she went, uh, sometimes you just need a day off. Oh my God. So I went, sure you go once a week? Sometimes get it, and then she's like, continue. She's like, sometimes just need a day off from dancing. She's gorgeous. I was like, you go on a Saturday for an hour. So, yeah. But no. I will say there's like this little bit, there's a difference between a person being like a stage mom and someone like being supportive. You know what I mean? Mm. And being like, you're really good at this. Let's go. Let's do it. As opposed to, if you don't do this, you're a failure. I had neither of those. I had, uh, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I just don't like care. I said to Lily yesterday, I was like, I'm not paying for swimming anymore. She was like, no, I paid, I promise I'll go next week. I'll never do it again. But did she like it? She loves swimming. Oh, so maybe it was just an off week. But she hasn't been in three weeks. Oh, sorry. She, I thought that it was just this week. There was week. a fire in the swimming pool. <laughs> Fuck. There was a fire in the swimming pool so the swimming pool was closed. Um, then there was, <coughs> she had a, she had like a really bad cold. Yeah. So I wouldn't send her swimming during that. Yeah. And then the, yesterday she had a sore leg. Okay. She's like, I've sore my leg. She didn't sore her leg. And I was like, you'll have a fucking sore in your leg in a minute. <laughs> I'm getting sick, by the way. I am getting yeah, sick. Yeah, New Year. Yeah, the cold is coming. Um, I'm going to check housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. Okay, so Colin has asked me to tell everybody that on the 8th of April, his band Cell Games are in a competition called Metal to the Masses. And it's in Fibbers. In and town. me and Emma will be there. Shut up, we will. <laughs> it's in Fibbers. Or Fibber McGee's if you're Googling it. Um, at, I've, I'm saying 6pm. I could be very wrong. Yeah, just Google it. But Google Don't it. ask me. Just just Go- Google it. Listen, don't just just don't run me back after asking me. 8th of April, Cell Games. They're in Metal to the Masses. Uh, Fibbers at 6pm. Be there, please, because he'll be very happy if you go. Um, I would just like to say thanks to all the people who sent the condolences for Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate it. She thank you very much. Tough, tough time. And also just to my family and everybody, I hope you're all okay. And um, they say thank you too because they saw a lot of the condolences on um, t- your TikTok and stuff. And on Instagram. And yeah. on Instagram. So thank you very, very much. You're all very, very kind. Um, Patreon this week, I believe, is The Drive. Patreon this week is The Drive. Um, so Colin will have that up on Friday. And thank you once again for everybody for supporting Supporting us. the di- the Patreon um, and then Colin's making a new advert for the merch and we're, not, knows. And we're not allowed to be in it because no, we're not allowed to be in it he apparently. thinks we're terrible actors he, you know what he's talking about what? remember when we had to do the Cyril sneer thing like oh, but that was just like <laughs> he was so and the Cyril sneer thing because <laughs> he was like I can't make glitter out of this shit <laughs> <laughs> like he was so annoyed when he came back downstairs. He's like, "What can't you just say?" And I was like, "I don't know. It's what we were saying." It. But we were like, "Sarah, Like, <laughs> I can't do that shit. Whereas he's so good at that because he's got like an RTE voice. He's yeah, the he's got that like thing where he's like, I, I get I sh- the watch... sh- the guilt and shame I have when I do things I like that. I just secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I'm... Emma, I watch TV shows like today. I'm currently going through a phase of watching Scandal in the background of things. Oh my god, okay. Sorry, like when I'm cleaning or when I'm in my house, I just stick on Scandal. Yeah. I just said to Graham today, 
One, I would be fucking exhausted if I was these actors because there isn't a single joke in that show. Oh, it's really intense. Fuck me. And uh, two, how to keep a straight face because bullshit. It's nonsense. It's a horseshit. How any actor was is like... Is this one about the president? Yeah, Emma. Okay. It is. Garbage. Garbage. Um, <laughs> like, there isn't a... Like, there isn't a single moment in that. I'm going to diss an episode of uh, Scandal. Of Scandal, right? Go. I'm going to start. Tell me. Right? Olivia Pope walks in. A lady with a beautiful face. She's a beautiful face. Right? She's stunning. Right? Every scene, I'm like, but every scene, she looks as if she's about to cry. Oh, God. She, I just feel like they should be paying for her Botox because she must have wrinkles <laughs> after doing this. Do you know that, I don't know if it's her, but yeah. there's a meme online, obviously yeah. online, oh my God, I'm so old, of a woman holding up a newspaper and she's been like kidnapped. Is that Olivia Pope? Yeah, yeah. That makes me laugh right. every single time. <laughs> Right? So here's the first... Uh, she walks in. A person of interest walks into her office. Okay. Goes, Olivia Pope, I need your help. I need your help, Olivia Olivia Pope. Pope's like, yeah. And she does this thing where she says it's putting on her white hat. Right? That It's... Honestly, it's so bad, right? What? And And whatever... It's always something horrible. Okay. It's always something like, uh, my daughter has a sex tape with... Uh, the president's son. Please get rid Can of Can you this. get rid of it, please, for me? And she's like, yeah! <laughs> right? So then her and her, like, fucking spooks go and find everything. And then, always, always without fail, there is a scene where she's with a man, usually the president or another guy called Jake Ballard, where they look at each other longingly and talk about, like, being together. And they're like... Mm. And is she with the president? She is not she isn't. Okay, oh no, president. And so. then... um. The next scene will be her because she talks about like all every episode she's like I believe in my gut I use my gut my six senses my gut and now tell me if they're telling the truth she her gut is shit (laughs) never right never right (laughs) never the next scene is literally the person who ever hired her and her figuring out that they're tricking her and that it's never the scenario that she thinks it's going to be and her going I believed them and then her being like 180 we're going to go after them (laughs) end of episode Every time! And Every is time. there like a recurring theme? Like, is there There's a, a long, there's an overplaying arc of the fact that her dad, if anybody's going to watch Scandal, I apologize. No, who gives, well, no one's watched um, that. Her dad is head of this like secret organization that, that rules the Republic, but does terrible things. Oh, her dad is? Yeah, and her mum's a terrorist. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, no, obviously. Sarah, I'll tell you something. You have an uncanny knack <laughs> of finding the most shite television. You know, it's, it's uncanny the way you can find this. Garbage. Garbage. Like, and I literally watch it. You can't get away from it though. No, I watch it like this. I go, oh. Like, like I'm in pain watching it. I go, Jesus Christ. I think I'm into being like so horrified at how shit it is. Is she a good actress? Like, does she make it bearable? I suppose she's a good actress in everything else she's in. Yeah. Um. So yes, yes, she's in Django. She plays. Oh, she plays fuck she is. The love interest of Django, and she's really good now. The thing she she is, but no, because she's no. There's no range in the show. It's like being given shit. Like they're giving the shit. Yeah, and like that's the thing. And I just don't, like I get that. Like these people are making phenomenal amounts of money, Massive and this show money. is like so incredibly popular. Is as it well. still going? No. It's finished, finished now. Okay. Um, but I just like I don't understand how like I couldn't walk in every week and be like mm, I'm going to do this. Like I'd be like, sorry, excuse me. I'd be like, but I I get why people leave shows. 
Yeah, no. I get why. Well, Do you remember like, Mandy Pickin left on Criminal Minds? Yeah, he did actually. Was because he, he was did he like, leave or was he fired? No, he left. One guy was fired. The no. other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other oh, yeah, guy yeah, was yeah. fired. But Mandy Pickin left in like the third or fourth season because he was like, this, this is the is same shite. shit over and over again. And I don't have any range. And Mandy Pickin's actually a phenomenal yeah, he's actor. A good actor. Yeah, um, yeah. And has like, you know, cut his like teeth in, in Hollywood in yeah, New he's York. A, like he's an actor. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you've. You're going to entice a lot of people to watch Scandals. I'm on season four, Emma. How many seasons are there? I fucking couldn't remember. It's like 16. It's like 22 episodes in a season. Let me tell you how many That is so many episodes. Yeah, because it's so shy. Like, that is so many episodes. And it's so strange because like, you know when you watch British television shows, they're like, one season is four episodes. Yeah. And then you're waiting 16 years for the second season because they get famous. Seven seasons. There's seven seasons. There's seven seasons. It's like that TV show Supernatural. I watched the first five seasons of that and I actually really enjoyed it. And then they got bought by like one of those shit networks or something. And there are 15 seasons of that show. I think 16 seasons of it. I'm like, how does someone make 16 seasons of that shite? There's 17... Episodes of show? Give or take. Yeah, no, I don't understand how anybody... Like, they makes... must be filming, like, all year. They are. They're filming all year when they do those shows. That, yeah, because like, that's so intense. And they don't ever, like, so they live wherever the show is. Yeah, like, yeah, they wherever it's filmed, yeah. like. Um, but then they go... It's, like, the biggest... Thank you, Kent. Anyway, that's been my life all week. I get a million pounds like, for an episode. I that good. And then I'm always like, why is no one set? Because, like, the, the recurring <laughs> team in the show is that Olivia Pope is great at her job. But she's clearly not great at her And I job. just like the recurring team Has anybody said to like, her? No. I don't think you're actually very good at this. It's not her. Like so far she's caused the, the, the president president's son to be murdered. The president's son was murdered. Yeah, by a bacterial strain of meningitis. Fabulous. This well, sounds like a phenomenal piece of television. Wait, did I tell you how to poison them? I was watching it and I was like... <laughs> This is, do you know what this is? I call it this week's episode scandal. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's, uh, you know those like terrible books. It's like Twilight. It's like, oh, you know what I mean? that kind of vibe. Is no it? one, no one, like when they're writing these stories, there is no one being like, what's the credibility of this book? They plot? don't have a fact checker. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, nobody yeah. going, well actually. Would this happen? If we gave him meningitis in that, wouldn't everybody else get it? Well, it's massively contagious. Yeah, right? So how do they kill him? It's honestly, I was like, are you fuck? Like, are you having a... That's... Like, um, his bodyguard has the bacterial meningitis in a ring that has a little syringe and then he puts his hand on his shoulder Guess and then next. literally 10 seconds later he dies violently from a strain of bacteria. He starts to... See, he's actually Colin's dad will come out with his eyes Jesus Christ. And then he dies and then the president... But I always find it weird that you watch shows like this because if anybody cannot suspend their disbelief it's you. But do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot I cannot do... And even when I'm watching that I'm like... <laughs> Wouldn't everybody be dead? You cannot suspend your disbelief in any capacity. Um, I kind of want to start scandal now. It's, it's honestly so bad. It's it's one of those shows where you're like, uh, yeah. yeah. I literally, yeah. I literally, Graham just hear me. Graham just hear me gone. And he's like, why are, are you watching this? You go like this. Oh, for fuck's sake! Like, oh Jesus Christ! Where are you watching it? On my phone, fu- it's on Disney. It's on Disney. Um, ah, okay. But I've just been watching it, like literally today. It's because I've stopped listening to podcasts for a bit. Yeah. I just put it on when I'm doing my makeup or when I'm cleaning up. That's or, the funniest fucking thing um, I've ever heard. I need to, I, you know, I'm gonna watch the pilot tonight. I'm gonna watch the first episode so of Scandal. There's a man called Cyrus B. Like all the names are so bad. Cyrus what? <laughs> What's his name? 
I think it's Cyrus Bean. Cyrus Bean. Stop. His name is Cyrus Bean. What is this? She's writing this. Her name's Olivia Pope. Olivia Guess Pope. the president's name. Go. If ever the week you were going to write a book and you were going to pick a name for a president in America. Scott. What? Fitz. Fitz. Gerald. Gerald. Grant. The turd. This is a you a YA novel in a no honestly TV it is series. it's like yeah it's the honesty. she falls in love with the president yeah and he falls in love with her you yeah. you're very fancy you fancy that man though yeah I do and I don't but his eyebrows freak me out I know I've not spoken about before you've told me before I don't know what's happening with them sometimes they're there <laughs> sometimes they're not on. sometimes they're just well, where'd they go they just left for the day I, have to watch I, I feel like so oh I, no I'm I calling like, it the, this episode the president's eyebrows hold on I feel like I his eyebrows go do you know what? I can't take any more <laughs> I'm out I'm out for a day the fuck did he say I'm gone <laughs> the president's um, eyebrows hold on I have to write this down because I'll forget it if I don't um, write it down Somebody put up a thing I saw. I think it was on your Twitter, on the Twitter account, where she was like, "My highlight of the week of the week is Alexa reading out the names of." The- <laughs> <laughs> Someone in work that listens to the podcast was like, "I started listening to your podcast," and I was like, "Okay, stop." And then um, he was like, "I am. Um, I thought the names of the episodes were somehow linked to the stories," nope. and he was like, "And then I quickly realized they weren't." And not in like, any, and that's why it's so difficult for me to. When someone's like, "Have you done this?" I but Graham has Graham has kept you know Graham made a list. Yeah, tell him to send it to me at yeah. some point because I I can't find. No, neither can I. When they're like, "What number is the Shergar episode?" I'm like, "I don't know." I have no idea. Because I never even thought of that as like yeah. a thing. To Graham like, has a list in Excel file. Like, he... tell him to send it to me at some point because. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to talk about a sad thing, but now I don't know if I want to talk about a sad thing. No, let's talk about a sad thing. I was watching a video today about what's going on in Iran, and it's Insane. devastating. And they're poisoning them. They're school. poisoning. They're using chemical warfare on children on their and their own young girls. Yeah. Um, and it's happening, and they're not doing anything to stop it. Nothing. They're flying drones into the school with chemical warfare and opening up in the schools. And the Iranian people have said the only thing we can do is talk about it because the Iranian government does not like being told that no. they don't like being talked about it because what they've done for so many years is the regime has been private and they've gotten away with these atrocities. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to a recent episode of Mark Marin and he had talked about a young Iranian stand-up comedian who had been uh, thrown in jail for making a joke about the, the regime. And he said they were pretty sure they were going to execute her. And he mentioned it on his podcast. And he has millions of listeners. And because he mentioned it on his podcast, it started trending on Twitter. And she was released 48 hours later. Oh. So he, you know, he said it. He was like, when you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. If you haven't unlocked Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, talk about it. Get the information out there. Like, I'm going to put it up on our Instagram tonight because it is the only thing that will work. They don't care about anything else. It's just that they're being Optics. made look bad. And they know they're bad, but they have um, somehow... Well, they haven't because everybody knows it, but they think they've caught the world into believing it. Yeah. So if you can mention it on your social media, if you're comfortable doing that, please do because I watching these girls being gassed, gassed. in schools. Yeah. And Did you see the video footage of the... The, so they're bus, they were busing them out of schools yeah. and obviously the roads were blocked. Yeah. And the parents were like working together to physically move cars so the bus Buses could get could through get so they could get to hospital with their kids and like the after effects of this thing is uh sterilization cancer um memory loss yeah 
And a lot of people are saying they're depending on the memory loss because they want the girls to stop thinking for themselves, basically. Mm. And they want to kind of just forget what they're meant to be. So if you can, please do. If you're comfortable doing so, I just, I... They're gassing children, like... Gassing kids in, in, in their classrooms. In their classrooms, like, you know, and we talk about the safest place your child is meant to go is school. Yeah. It's just simply not anymore. No. So, yeah, that's... All. Sorry for talking about a sad thing. It's just, I saw it today and I was really upset about it. So, if you can, that would be great. Um, And also, <laughs> this week's episode... <laughs> uh, if you don't... If you have a dinner... If oh, you're if you're eating, don't, don't listen to this episode. Um, trigger warnings for cannibalism, rape, bestiality, murder. Uh, just it's everything. If there's something, every bad thing. If there's something you get necrophilia. If there's something terrible that you can think about, it's in this. So please, please, please do not listen to this because even when I was doing it, I was literally audibly going for Jesus. And what you watching scandal? Fuck? Like you watching scandal? Holy fuck! Like I watched two interviews with this man. And both of them I wanted to reach into the screen and throttle him, so... Except I would have had to touch him, which is not something I want to do. So please, 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 if this is something... Obviously, not nobody is comfortable with this, but if it's something you can't listen to, don't, man, because this is horrible. Um, and I'm doing a Murder Most International, and it's set in Paris and Japan. There's a few places that it's set. Um, and my references are from Wikipedia, The Japan Times, The Guardian, Ranker, there's interviews on YouTube... I got stuff from... There's one other thing I forgot to write down. I'll, I'll put it into the show notes. I don't think you're going to want to look at anything to do with this man. No. To be perfectly honest with you. Um, because he's a terrible person. Um, But this week I'm going to be talking about Issei Sa- Sagawa. Who was... Say that again. Issei Sagawa. Okay. Who was a cannibal. And right now we're going to put in an ad. Hey Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum bell bag and some surprises along the way but that's not all every single week due to popular demand we will be bringing you a full length story whether it be miscellaneous most irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about mmi drive the fan favorite podcast show where mn's Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. So as I said this week I'm talking about Issei Sagawa. And he was a cannibal and a terrible person, just the worst type of human being and makes you kind of go, oh, humanity is a joke. This shouldn't, people like this just shouldn't be born. Do you know what I mean? The weird, the, it's just such an, it's such a strange affliction. It's such a bizarre, bizarre like it's a dis. it must be a dysmorphia I don't know of what it sort, is like because it's so rare yeah but it it does happen and it's not 
rare to the point that you see one in every like million. It's actually more common than we think. Yeah. And not to this extreme, but people still do it. And also one of the other reasons I wanted to do this is due to the Murdoch um, murders that are going yeah. on currently, because this case is a prime example of rich parents getting their shitty tr- kids out of trouble and then going them going on to do worse uh. shit. So it's literally, it's not the same, obviously, but it is that thing where a rich parent stands in and all of a sudden... That's gone. Blown over with. They didn't do anything wrong. Do you think now that that guy is being convicted yeah. of the killings of his wife and son, yeah. do you think they'll now try to convict him for the maid? I don't know. I don't know, but I some, like, she tripped over the dogs? He claimed $2.8 million. Yes. Yeah. And didn't give the money to the family. No. Said he was going to give the money to the family and didn't In give a the policy, the And he took the policy out two months yeah. before she died and then she tripped over the dogs tripped over the dogs and then like are the, the police stupid but then on the, the thing that always got me was on the on the um, 911 call mm-hmm. this woman had been in their lives for like 28 years she raised their kids Sarah and they were like oh we don't really know her age yeah they yeah. pretended like yeah, they, they didn't, didn't know her. her and then the her his one of the kids friends was like she raised them. They looked to her as a mother figure more than their own mother. Like they, she, they knew everything about her. She knew everything about them. Like she disciplined them. She gave them love. And then she trips over dogs. He takes out a 2.8 million claim that he's going to give to her family. Two, mon- I mean, two, two months before she trips over the dog. I'm telling you something for nothing. He's a scumbag. Aye. A scumbag. But yeah, he's a, a prime example of a rich parent asshole. So, as I said, it's Issa Sagawa. Um, please, please don't listen to this if you don't want to be grossed out because it's fucking gross. And I left out a lot of the stuff that happened to this poor victim because a lot of it is just sensationalist and I don't want to talk about it and she doesn't deserve that. But it's gross and I just don't want to talk about it. So June 13th, 1981, as dusk set in Paris, a taxi driver stopped for an Asian man dressed in a smart suit. The man, small in stature, stood out to the taxi driver as he was carrying two large suitcases. Both seemed full and he was struggling to carry them. When the driver asked the man where to, the man told him to drive to Bois de Boulogne, the second largest park in Paris. As they drove, the man was silent in the back of the car. And when the driver joked, what have you got in there, a dead body? The man, now staring at the driver in the rearview mirror, did not reply. After arriving at his destination, the man paid the driver, got out of the car and dragged the two suitcases towards what he believed was a heavily wooded private part of the park. The park was not as vacant as the man thought. And as he dragged the cases, several people who were eating at the restaurant in the park noticed him. So he thought he was going to go to this like secluded forest area. Why are you going to? No, he just dropped him off. He was like, where you go? And he said he was a bit confused as to why he wasn't dropping, dropping him to a train station or the airport. That's what he was like. I was just a bit confused by that, but he just let him go. And this guy also is a moron and the worst criminal ever. Oh. Um, and like when he walked in, he thought he was going to be met by like woods and stuff. There is literally a hotel or not a hotel, a restaurant right in there. In the park? Right there. Like and packed. It's evening in Paris. Like people love going out. So when the cases became too much, the man grew tired and he decided to rest on a bench. He fell asleep on the bench and when he awoke, an elderly man was opening one of the cases. <gasps> As it opened and blood began to seep onto the ground, the elderly man screamed loudly. The man who was on the bench stood up and calmly walked away, leaving the cases where they were. So the police arrived within minutes. A large crowd had gathered with the elderly man crying out for help. 
The police cordoned off the area and Detective uh, Olivier Paul took charge of the case. Now, the reason the man opened the case is because when he was walking past, the guy sat on a bench. There was a street light directly over the bench and there was blood seeping out of the cases. What the hell? Seeping down. And the guy was like, there's blood all over the What the fuck is going on? And just opened the case. Oh, that's our man. I know. Um, blah, 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 blah. Where was I? When the police opened the cases, the contents were more horrific than what they could begin to imagine. The description of what was found, Paul said, it is horrible because it was two suitcases containing pieces of human body. It was appalling, nightmarish. Upon further investigation into the body parts found, it was noted that parts of the body had flesh stripped from them and this puzzled the police greatly. As they spoke to witnesses who had seen, who had been in the park that night, an autopsy was carried out on the remains found in the suitcase. It was quickly discovered that the person had been shot in the back of the neck at point blank range, and this had been the cause of the death. The corpse was so badly mutilated, including her face and her teeth, that it seemed impossible to identify the victim. Quote, all we know was that it was a young woman, Detective Paul said. It was also noted by the coroner, massive trigger warning here please um, that there had been post-mortem sexual intercourse the police launched a massive manhunt for the perpetrator of this horrific crime a description of the man was released to the media in hopes that somebody may be able to identify the four foot nine Asian man seen in the park with two large suitcases so two days later a taxi driver contacted the French police to tell them he had taken a fare from a man matching the description. He had two suitcases with him and he was dropped to Bois de Boulogne. The taxi driver told the police where he picked the man up from and less than 48 hours later, the police arrested a man outside his apartment. As the police read him his rights on his front doorstep, the man immediately confessed that he had killed a young woman in his apartment. Oh. His name was Issei Sagawaya. As he was arrested and taken to a police station, detectives and officers climbed the stairs of the apartment. What they discovered would be so horrific that it would affect the men and women who investigated the crimes for years to come. Jacques Pugnoy, an officer who worked um, on a search of the apartment, told of when he opened the refrigerator, quote, We found a quantity of human flesh that had been cut off the victim. We then found a plate which contained a half-eaten meal, some of which was human flesh. We realised he was keeping the flesh in the freezer so he could eat it later. As the detective searched the nightmarish apartment for clues as to who the victim was, they came across a small wallet hidden among Sagawa's belongings. Inside was an ID for 25-year-old Dutch student René Hertveldt, and the police firmly believed this is who Sagawa had murdered, partially eaten and jumped, dumped in Bois de Boulogne. Issei Sagawa, and I'm going to talk about this guy because I have to talk about him because usually I don't like talking about the the guy. I like to talk, to talk about the victim, but the only problem is, is Renee's family do not talk about it. Very little is known about her, and I get I it. I get it because you. Like, I completely get it. I think I think when a murder happens, like that's a desecration of the person you love. Yeah, but that's like a whole other level of desecration. How do you deal with that? Why would you ever? Well, I wouldn't want no. to. I wouldn't want anybody to be like searching her name and 
That's, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's they that want, thing of like I want, I want, want I want their daughter rest, and I want the memory that I have yeah. of her to be the memory that it is. Not a bunch of people sitting on Reddit like pulling up pictures of, of her, her and stuff like yeah. you know they. You know, and there's families out there that do talk about their deceased deceased loved ones and actively want to get them justice, and that is fine. But Renee's family did not want to talk about her, so very little is known about her. So I respect that. But I just have to talk about this guy because his upbringing doesn't really make sense as to what he turned into. Because usually, when you see these terrible, awful people. Somewhere in their upbringing, something really fucked up happened. Yeah, so I think he's one of those odd <coughs> commodities of like that nature versus nurture yeah. argument. Absolutely. Uh, where he doesn't seem to fit not the mold. At all. Not at all. So Issei Sagawa was born on the 26th of April 1949 into a wealthy family in Kobo, Kobe, Kobe, in the Hyogo Prefecture. His father, Akira, was a businessman who served as president of Kurita Water Industries. Sagawa said that his parents loved him, quote, profoundly. Sagawa was born prematurely. He was small enough to fit into the palm of his father. His premature birth led to his small stature as a child and an adult, as well as physical ailments. Issei developed enteritis, which is a disease of the small intestine. He would recover eventually, but his illness did lead to him developing a very, very introverted personality. So he got really sick and he kind of just didn't want to talk to anybody or be around anybody. And that ailment led to a lot of ailments when he was older as well. Sagawa said his parents were too protective and he did not develop as a normal child would. He also described himself as very ugly. And this was an insecurity he would carry with him into childhood. Sagawa's isolation led him to becoming a massive fan of like fantasy and make-believe and literature. In an interview, Catherine English, for her documentary Cannibal, The Real Hannibal Lecters, Sagawa played her an old home movie. In it, Sagawa and his brother can be seen playing with their uncle and father. Their father is dressed as a knight and their uncle depicts a giant. The two men would fight over the children and if the knight won, they would be saved. But if the giant won, they would... The, the, he would eat the two boys. The black and white film showed the brothers screeching with delight when the giant won. Their uncle would then boil water in a pot on the stove to cook them and eat them. So that was like a game that they had when they were kids. Well, that's not normal, Emma. (laughs) And then every, you know, it's such a pop psychology thing to be like, the reason he's a cannibal is because his uncle played a game with him. Like, it's a bit of a jump. It's a massive jump. I think it could maybe put something in a kid's head. I think with Lily, but I don't... Like, I don't go to the extent of being like... Boiling the pot. Ah, no, no, no. Put you in here, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, it can be stated that maybe it planted something in his brain, but I don't think that that would lead to somebody being like, I'm going to murder, rape a corpse and then eat. Like, do you know what I mean? It's It's a big old jump. So, Sagawa has a vivid memory of this game, remembering his uncle and father. Okay, this is weird. Tying them up. So he said, I remember my uncle and my father like tying us up and put, getting ready to put us in the pot to like eat us. So I think maybe this game went a bit far. Yeah. You know? Sagawa first experienced cannibalistic urges in first grade after seeing a picture of a man's bare thigh. He thought. What? He saw a man's bare thigh. So and, was saw, like, and was I like, I would like that to eat that. looks delicious. Oh. So these urges would become stronger throughout high school when Sagawa, unable to speak to girls and feeling inept, began to fantasize about the beautiful Western women he would see in movies and TV. So this guy is obsessed with white women. Obsessed with white women. Just wants a woman with blonde hair and blue eyes. A little bit Hitlery, but he's obsessed with white women. Like he does, he's not attracted to 
Asian, Asian women. women, just white women. That's all he wants. Sagawa said his stature and appearance were attractive, were unattractive, so he was drawn to more beautiful things. That he felt if he could somehow absorb the beauty from these women, he too would be beautiful. And in some way, his fascination with cannibalism was a manifestation of this. So he was like, I'm so ugly. He's a fucking psychopath. Like, get over yourself. Sagawa never had a normal relationship towards sex. Another trigger warning. In an interview for a Vice documentary in 2013, he said that sex was never mentioned in his household, that when he began experiencing his sexual awakening, he felt shameful and disgusting. It was around this time he started acts of bestiality with the family dog. Everything before the dog sounds very Irish. <laughs> and then, the, and then dog, the dog came in. And you're like, just what are you doing, dude? Like, the fuck? The like, I know there's dog. repression and I get that. I get acts of like people being repressed. I understand, but like, don't they usually like fuck a peach? Don't or bring your dog into it, you fucking creep. Like he was destined to be a creep from day fucking one. Like, so the first girl that Issei felt attraction to in his school became the first person he really wanted to cannibalize. He said, "When I first saw her thighs under her skirt, it made me want to taste her flesh." So thighs are like a thing. He likes a thigh. At the age of twenty-four, whilst it if you like a thigh, maybe think about it. Dirty bastards. At the age of 24, whilst attending university in Tokyo, a tall blonde woman walked past Saga- Sagawa on the street. He followed her to see where she lived and later that night he broke into her apartment. Oh my God. So this is the start of daddy getting him out of things. Oh. That he maybe should have gotten him help for. I see. As the woman slept naked, Sagawa hovered at her door. He felt this that finally this was the sign he needed to carry out his cannibalistic fantasy. So he told a French journalist during all of this that all he wanted was a sign. And he thought seeing this tall blonde woman in his town was his sign to finally be a cannibal. Sagawa told French journalist Patrick Duval um, that when he interviewed Sagawa, that Sagawa told him his intention was not to kill the woman, but to, quote, eat a part of her bottom. Sagawa, a shit criminal, brought only an umbrella, which he was going to hit her over the head with. He thought if he hit her over the head with an umbrella, it would knock her out. All right, seems smart. Yeah. Um, and a He's Frank- fucking a dog, Emma. Yeah, and a Frankenstein mask, which I think is absolutely terrifying. Oh my God, I would shit my pants. Literally, like, I just think that's so scary. I so, wish I didn't come here tonight. I'm sorry. I know this is really bad. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so he, what he did is he leaned on the bed. And she woke up. Yeah. Motherfucker. Um, so they struggled the woman struggled with him and he was she was eventually able to push him off because he's four foot nine and, and weighs very, about yeah. a stone wet um, and Sagawa ran off he just ran he just was gone Sagawa was arrested and he was charged with attempted rape when questioned he did not mention his true intentions to, to the police excuse me he said he only wished to be with the woman so he didn't mention the cannibalist thing or anything like that Unfortunately, the case would not make it to court as Sagawa's wealthy father first spoke to the police and then to the victim, offering her a large settlement, which she accepted. And Sagawa walked free. Now, Akira, deeply confused by his son's actions, did send him to a psychiatrist. So he was like, something's wrong, we're sending you to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist contacted Akira to let him know that his son had very dark, violent fantasies and was extremely dangerous. Okay. Nothing was done about this. Oh. He did not go back to the psychiatrist. Once they were like, your son's a fucking crazy person. They were like, we're taking him out of there. And nothing was done. Oh, fuck. And five years later, in 1977, 
28-year-old Isai Sagawa packed his bags and travelled to Paris to pursue a PhD in literature at the Sorbonne in Paris. And my problem with this is, if they had cut this shit off at the source, no he would not have gotten a plane and killed this girl. Sagawa... Do you think they're the only people he attacked? Well... Well, he's, actually, he's a really inept criminal. He's yeah, an idiot, are. like yeah, he's yeah. a moron. As Issei said, by, by the time he left for Paris, his cannibalism had moved on from being a fancy, fantasy to what he called an obligation. So he was... Obsessed. Obligated to be a cannibal now. Sagawa, now being surrounded by what he believed to be the pinnacle of beauty, which was white women... In Paris. ...still found it difficult to speak to women. Instead, he admitted to bringing home sex workers every night. He said, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them. But for some reason, my fingers froze and I couldn't pull the trigger. Where did he get the gun? Oh, he he bought a, a, a rifle. In Paris? Mm-hmm. Paris is not known for being, you know, criminally... It's it's lax. You can get shit in Paris. Can you? Oh, yeah. Let's Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Let's go. Um. So... He was bringing home sex work. He said prostitute, by the way. This is direct quote. He was bringing home sex workers every night. A lot of the time, not having sex with them. And then considering being like, trying to I shoot them. Want, I want to shoot you, but not being able to and just paying them. And they left. So, during, God, sex workers are in so much danger. Oh, it's crazy. Like, he easily could have. And the thing about the worst thing about it is the police don't take those cases seriously. Because I can tell you, if Renee had been a sex worker, I doubt the amount of effort that was put into this to finding would her. have been put into it. So during a class in 1981, a woman walked in who Sagawa said he had an instant attraction to. Her name was Renee Hartfelt, and Sagawa did a sketch of her the first time he saw her. So there's an interview with Vice, which honestly, I was like, I hate Vice sometimes. It's too graphic. Mm. So he sketched her the first time he saw her, and they showed that. But they also show all the sketches he did of how he killed her. What? And I was like, that's unnecessary. I was like, this is fully on it. And I was just like skipping, and then I stopped, and I found another documentary, and that was less graphic. So I watched that one. That's so unnecessary. I was like, this is so fuck. But when he draws himself, he draws himself as a demon. He's all red, and he has fangs. Mm. This is some real fucking uh, yeah, red dragon it's shit. It's fucked up. So Renee was described as a trusting, kind spirited person, and she was beautiful, like model, like. When I saw pictures of her, I was like, wow, she's not that that means anything, but like she was stunningly beautiful. She would go out of her way to speak to the shyer students in her class. And this is how she would end up asking the extremely shy Sagawa out for a night out with his fellow students. So she was just being kind, you know, and he took full advantage of that as well. Mm. Sagawa said he felt an instant connection to Renee. And although Renee saw this as merely a friendship, that's it. Sagawa was in love and being in love he thought the only way he could truly show it was to eat her alright mm-hmm. and what's frustrating is she was so lovely because she wrote a letter to her parents telling them there's a really shy boy in my class and I'm trying to help him get friends and I hope he gets through and he stays and he makes friends and she mentioned him in the she's letter she's so sweet she's a little sweetheart from that evening that they went out Sagawa began to plot and plan how he would murder Renee and cannibalise her Sagawa, in various interviews, would only speak of his plans in his native tongue of Japanese, as he believed these events were deeply important. I hate this motherfucker. What do you mean? So he was he like, I want to get every, all of the he details. Speak, he speaks so many languages, but in a lot of the interviews, he's speaking English. But when he talks about the murder, he only speaks about it in Japanese. Why? Because he feels like it's very important and he has to speak about it in his mother tongue. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking crazy. What is he? I don't know. 
So over the following weeks, Sagawa began to discover as much about Renee as he could. Knowing she spoke German, he wrote a letter to Renee. A letter! That's like that guy in work that wrote me the letters. Yeah. I would be like, don't, I'm not coming to your house. He wrote me a letter. He wrote, wrote me letters and sent me a video of himself singing, singing the song. Singing and playing the guitar. Miss <laughs> But like your immediate thing is block report. Like, call the guards. Yeah, call the guards. And work we're like, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a word. Sorry, excuse me. There's not a me. word. There's the guardie coming He's to his door. He's writing notes and taking photos of them. And sending me videos of him singing You Can Be My Hero Baby by Lula. Iglesias. Fucking Lula, like. And then he sent me a video of him just staring out the window. And then for your for a job to be like, that's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Actually, that's in the book we have here. Yeah. That's completely fine. Yeah, he hasn't done anything to you. It's like the guards when you report them for something and they're like, we can't do anything because he hasn't physically assaulted yeah. you. You can be my hero, baby. People are the worst. You come near me, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, he found out that she spoke German. So he so wrote that her a letter. In. So he wrote a letter to Renee asking her to come to his apartment so they could translate German poetry together. Oh, for fuck's so sake. So he said to her, I need to do this for one of my classes. I'm going to record you reading the German poetry into the machine and then I'll say it back in, in, in French as to uh, like the translation of it. So that was his plan. Oh my God. So Renee being... And her being sweet and lovely. Kindest person and very studious. Uh, she agreed. She was like, sure, I'll come over. When Renee arrived, she sat at the table. So when she came into the room, the desk was here. It was against the wall. So the wall was here. The desk was here. So, she, so she's facing the she wall. She was like, let's get into this. So she sat down, took out the book and sat at the wall. Uh, and she began to read the poetry aloud. A poem Sagawa had chosen for her to read about, guess what? Cannibalism. Cannibalism. Sagawa decided now would be the time. And he took a rifle out of the closet behind him that he'd purchased. And he stood behind her. He said he could never shoot Renee in the face, so instead aimed the gun at the back of her neck. He pulled the trigger, the apartment went silent, and Renee slumped to the floor. I mean, the one positive is that she didn't... She didn't know. And she didn't suffer. It's horrific. She didn't know. But, like, there shouldn't be any positives in this. And the only reason he didn't shoot her in the face is because he thought she was too pretty. Which, in itself, is so unbelievably fucked up. That he was like, I want to have sex with your dead body, so I want your pretty face to be there. Oh, for God's sakes. Sorry about this episode. Is this usable? <laughs> I don't know if this... We're in now. We've told them it'll be an oh. episode. So as Renee lay on the floor, Sagawa undressed her. Now once again, Vice showed graphic... Did he draw? Depictions of him drawing Did he draw this? this? Yes. And is, is he a talented artist? No. Okay. It looks like a four-year-old drew them. Jesus. He decided the first... Not that bi- that matters, no, but you know but, what I mean? Yeah. He decided the first bite he would take would be from her buttocks. He tried to bite with his mouth, but he realised the flesh was too hard. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock! I was a dumbass. He then went to the market and bought a sharp knife. He returned and began to cut up Renee's bottom, and then he raped Renee's body. Sagawa spent 48 hours alone with Renee's oh body. Oh my god. In this time, he cooked and ate parts of her, as well as storing other parts in the freezer. He also took pictures of Renee's body in various forms of mutilation and decomposition. Jesus. Now, unfortunately, years after this incident, a French publication got hold of these pictures and published them. Do you know what I will say? So please don't Google this. The French douche that is so unnecessary in terms of their like publicizing Mm. and like journalism 
uh, like all around this fucking argument around free speech yeah. have some dignity like there's no have need. some decorum there, like imagine being her zero parents. need there is no benefit other than the benefit of someone who wants to do that to somebody Seeing being it. able to access it and be like oh you know do you know what that confirms yeah. I still want to do that and like the thing about it is her parents didn't see these pictures because they fucking no did, one should this, ever see those this photos this didn't go to trial oh, so it. her parents didn't see the pictures the French were like let's publish these in a fucking national newspaper and they were everywhere so please if you're googling this man please be safe because those pictures are one of the first things to pop up and they are horrific we, I can't even begin to explain to you how horrific they are. Please, please don't look at these pictures. Like, they're so bad. So, it was when did only... did you start to research the story? When? Yeah. Well, I heard about it about three years ago. Okay. And I only started looking at it the other day. And when yeah. I last week when I was going to... And I was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I immediately just closed... You know, I'm better now. Because I'm much better than I was because I immediately closed the laptop. And I was yeah, like, I yeah. can't look at this. So, it was only when Renee's remains began to smell that Sagawa decided to dump her body. And that's when he was caught by the police. So, the police knew they had enough to go on regardless of Sagawa's confession. They had the evidence in the freezer, as well as pictures he had taken. And remember when they were doing the German thing? Mm-hmm. He was recording it. So they had recorded evidence of him shooting her. Oh, God. Um, but they were still quite shocked at how open Sagawa was. He was telling them everything. We were shaken up, Detective Paul said, because he did not seem to have any remorse in telling us the horrific details of what he did. He told them everything. No lawyer present. Just everything. Issei Sagawa's arrest and the details of his crime made newspapers across the globe. Journalists were granted access to Sagawa in jail and they noted that he showed no guilt and was in fact proud of what he did. It's the amount of journalists that went into this man. And we're just getting like first-hand information from him. You know, because a lot of time when this happens... These criminals are protected. They're not allowed to speak to journalists because it might hinder the trial. French were like, come on in. Because if this was now, this would have been thrown out. Mm-hmm. Sagawa was moved to a maximum security psychiatric unit in Paris to await trial. Doctors at the unit said Sagawa was, quote, completely devoid of correct human emotions. And if released, he would most definitely commit this crime again. Sagawa enjoyed cannibalism. Sagawa remembered a man and his wife. You're going to hate this. Sagawa remembered a man and his wife he had met on a cruise in Greece. So he went to, before he went to Paris, he went on a cruise to Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man and the woman were on the, on the cruise. They became friends and the gentleman was a butcher. So Sagawa said, the man was a butcher. He explained to me how to cut up meat. I sent him a thank you letter after the incident, but he never replied. What the fuck? So he was like, I murdered this girl and cut her up and I knew how to do it. Because, because of you. you. Thank you. What the fuck? Yeah. That poor man. That poor man. After 18 months, the doctors concluded that Sagawa was insane and therefore unfit to stand trial. Don't go on cruises. <laughs> this numero no reason. Don't go. Don't go on a cruise. Sagawa's lawyer, Maitre Philippe Malaire, said, quote, this guy's a piece of shit, by the way. Unquestionably, it would be would have been unacceptable to try this man. In France, we do not try insane people. Renee's family were devastated. Of course, they didn't get their day in court. Yeah. court. They asked the French government to step in and put Sagawa in jail for life. They were told no and that the law is the law. Sagawa was placed indefinitely in a psychiatric hospital, but this would not be where Issei stayed. Once again, Papa came to the rescue. 
Akira hired a powerful lawyer, which was that man I just spoke about, and he contacted the Department of the Interior. His name was Blaise. Blaise. Maitre Philippe Miller told the government, this is so sneaky, he felt it unfair that the French taxpayers would be fitting the bill for Sagawa's hospital stay. He suggested that his client be sent back to Japan to reside in a hospital there instead of in France where they were paying the bill. The government, already disgusted at this guy, like hated him. Um, we're so happy they, to get rid of him. They were like, we hate him. We're paying for it. And also during his stay in that hospital, a journalist came in mm. and helped Sagawa write a book, a fictional book called Into the Fog where it recounted a man murdering a young girl and cannibalizing her. And the book got published. What? And became a bestseller. What the fuck? While he was locked in a French hospital. So the government were like, we hate him. We don't want to pay for this. And now this book thing is like the last. And he's making money. And he's making money. So they were like, he's gone. Get rid of him. So 2.5 years after he was placed in the hospital, Sagawa was released and put on a plane back to Japan. Now, obviously, when he got back to Japan, there were millions and billions of journalists there being like, because he was an, he was a national thing. and Everybody knew him in Japan. So his father, wait to hear this. So Akira asked for a Matsuwa hospital in Tokyo to take his son, making sure the press in Japan knew that Sagawa was off the streets and no longer a danger to the general public. So when he arrived at the airport, there were like tons of journalists with cameras taking pictures of him. And his father, instead of like coming and collecting him in the car, got a ho- the hospital to send one of those ambulance cars, put him into that and was like, he's going to a mental institution. He's never getting out. You'll never see him again. Okay. So that was his father's plan. And this was all planned with the with the lawyer. Yeah. So, however, this was not the case. And in- Akira had in fact created a smokescreen as to what would really happen to his son. Akira knew that when his son landed on Japanese soil, he would be a free man as he had not committed the crime in Japan. He also knew that the French authorities would seal Sagawa's records, not send them to the Japanese authorities and drop all charges, which is exactly what they did. What? Because A, whatever way it works between Japan and Europe, if you commit a crime, say a Japanese person comes over here and commits a crime in Ireland, they can't be tried for the crime in Japan. Okay. Whatever way well, that it works. Makes sense. It might have changed by now, but right now, back then, that's the way it was. So when you commit a crime and you go over to Japan, they seal your records and the Japanese authorities won't take them. So, and the French knew this. And also, to be perfectly honest, I think the French wanted this out of their hands. I think they were just like, he's gone. Goodbye. So, and the father and the lawyer knew this would happen. So, the lawyer was like, hey, government, isn't it terrible the way you guys are funding the bill for this guy? Oh, my God. Because what we're going to do is send him back to Japan and he's going to walk free with no trial, no criminal record, nothing. nothing. Like, he's no, even the, crim, the crime for the rape, the attempted rape that was dropped, he doesn't even have a criminal record. It's gone. It was um, removed. Um, so the Japanese hospital that Sagawa stayed at declared him sane and found, this is from Wikipedia, and found his sexual perversion was his sole motivation for the murder. So they were like, he's fine. It's just a sexual perversion. Sorry. And 18 months after entering the hospital, Issei Sagawa signed himself and walked out. What the hell? Free man. Nothing. And he only stayed in the hospital for 18 months because the dad was like, stay there for as long as you can to keep them off the scent and then we'll get you out. What? Mm-hmm. As opposed to going, you're a sick fuck who murdered, raped a dead body and then ate her. Rot, you piece of shit. He was like, come home, son. I don't get it. I don't think I could ever love a child that much. I just don't think I could. Maybe I'm a terrible person. I was like, I can't. Uh, you're a fucking piece of shit. 
You're going straight to jail. Rich people, they were like, we just don't want the heat on us. So what we're going to do is we're going to pretend that you're fine. Get you out. But the case has kind of gone a bit cold. So nobody's talking about it. Now he changed all that because he couldn't shut the fuck up. But they thought that would help. Did not help. So uh, Issei Sagawa received no medical or police intervention in the following years of his life. So nothing. Nothing. Yeah, he took on a fake name and continued to live in Japan, in Japan. And in a sick turn of events, Sagawa became somewhat of a celebrity. So between 1986 and 1997, Sagawa was, was invited to speak on many TV shows and events involving the public. And he was also invited to speak to a university about, like, cannibalism. Why? He stood up in front of, like, 400 students and was like, cannibalism, let's talk about it because I did it. What? For what benefit? And he was getting paid. Like, the big bucks. Yeah, he was invited on TV shows. Just like, you can actually see him on these television shows. He was invited to universities to do talks. He was invited to one, like, government thing to do a talk about how criminals can be reformed, even though he wasn't reformed. He just got away with it. Um, In 1992... Sagara appear, appeared in an adult film, Hisayo Sato's exploitation film, Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture. The movie uh, was a scene-for-scene scene remake of Sagawa's murder, rape, and cannibalism of Rene. What? He was in a porn about what he did. S- sorry? Mm-hmm. How is that even a genre of yeah. porn that anybody's allowed yep. to make? So, Vice, That's a snuff movie, yeah, Emma. Vice didn't put in the graphic scenes, but they put in a scene where there's a girl sitting at the chair and he walks back and takes a rifle out of the press, out of the cupboard. That was porn. So how is he reformed? He's not reformed. He's not reformed at, in any capacity. This story is insane. Yeah. He also continued to write 19 books as well as animes for children. And they all made a fortune. <laughs> His books sold out in Japan. I take it back, we're not going to Japan. His books sold out in Japan but were named Unethical Garbage by Western journalists. In 1994, he was sorry, hired by Japanese magazine Spa to write food reviews for local Japanese restaurants. I'm sorry. Excuse me? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Sarah. I don't know. I don't know why this has happened. And he was in demand. They, they they rang him and they said, hey. Do you want to come to food? You know the way you like eating literal ass? Do you want to come over here and have some meals for us? I'm Did okay you watch that movie with uh, Sebastian Stats? No, you've told me about it. I still haven't watched watch it. Watch it. I don't think I'm going to watch it after doing this. Watch it? So Sagawa's actions tore his family apart. Well, to be perfectly honest. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Upon his return to Japan, his brother had developed stress-related asthma. His father had to quit his high-power job and his mother attempted to take her own life. The only regret Sagawa seemed to show in later life was towards his family. However, his actions in his later life, using his crime to make money, would say otherwise. He didn't give a fuck. In 2005, Sagawa's parents both passed away. They passed away for different things, but in the same year. He was forbidden from attending their funeral. Did they remain married? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Sagawa's parents had been in debt at the time of their passing and he repaid their creditors. This and his waning fame led him to move into social housing and claim benefits. So I think what happened is obviously he did this like in the 80s and then towards the like end of the 90s, the early thousands, there was a shift in the generation and the younger generation were like, 
this is wrong. No, what are you doing? So people were starting to be like, no, we want nothing to do with you. So he, that's when he changed his name. Because they were like, get the fuck up. You're a dirty bastard. Like mm. so then he's um, completely addicted to porn. What? Completely addicted to porn. Like in the Vice documentary, just all he thinks and cares about is porn. His t- his tablecloth on his table is just pictures of white women. Like he's a fucking freak. So Sagawa said that being forced to make a living while being known as a murderer and cannibal was a terrible punishment. Oh God. Catherine English, who's the producer of Cannibal, the real Hannibal Lecters, spent four days with Issei Sagawa. After she returned to America, he would regularly send her faxes. In one letter he wrote, you treat me like a man, not a monster. However, the following faxes would become hostile, with Sagawa threatening to sue her if she misrepresented him in any way. Catherine said, quote, by the seventh fax, I started to see how paranoid, inadequate and vulnerable he is. Then I realised that I may have taken my first real steps towards understanding him. Issei Sagawa died of pneumonia in a hospital in Tokyo at the age of 73, November last year. Not to live to be 73 years of age. And that is the story of the absolute fucking nightmare that was Issei Sagawa. And I hope he's rotten in hell. Also, there's a scene in the Vice documentary that deeply upset me where, for some reason, people just wanted him to be in porn. So the porn industry in Japan. So they made sex. They got got a porn star to have sex with him. And then after she had sex with him, they filmed the two of them with him telling her what she had done to that girl and showing her photographs. She had no idea who he was. She had no idea what he had done. And there's a scene where they're filming her and he's explaining in detail what he did to this young girl and he's watching it on a VCR and he likes he goes look at her she's closing her legs because she's scared and she's bawling what the fuck Sarah I cannot deal with any of this and I don't know why I did this but it just what the yeah. fuck Emma yeah the Vice documentary is 33 minutes long and when I tell you it's the most painful watch you will ever don't watch it I've done the work don't watch it it is insanity and he's like explaining in explicit detail. And then the producer who made the porn, this is after she's had sex with him, comes out with a book and is like showing her the pictures. And the producer and him are talking about the pictures beforehand. And he's like, oh my God, you cut off her breasts. And he's like, yeah, I ate that one. Like it's... Emma! Sarah! It's fucking insane. It's insane. The whole... Please don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is don't what- read about this man don't google this man I've done the work don't do any of it do not look at him do not because if you type that man's name into google and you hit image searches the second or third picture is that poor girl's dead body because the French apparently don't give a fuck like they'll lock his records but they'll release the pictures and uh, this entire thing it's madness is I'm sorry absolute insanity I but I knew uh, so I'm always you know that like there's that line where they're like in Japan there's a ser- there's a cannibal walking around yeah 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 and I I knew of the of story yeah, and yeah, I yeah. knew of it but like not to this like level of like I didn't realize like Japan is deeply repressed in terms it of its like understanding of like sexuality yeah, yeah, yeah. and like their porn is yeah yeah can up and I'm not just being like Japanese porn is messed up. There is, all porn is messed up. All porn is messed up. But there is like a level of like Japanese porn yeah. that like doesn't get made anywhere no. else. Like that monster stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and like the and that, the like hen, hen, hentai and all. which every hentai scene I've ever seen 
is a woman being raped. Yeah. Um, and sorry, woman's the wrong word. A girl. A girl. Um, a prepubescent girl yeah. being raped. And, oh, Emma, that thing about the poor, that poor girl. I literally was watching it and I was like, and then afterwards he's like, after all that, he's like, oh, we became friends though. She became a very good friend of mine. I'm like, sir, you were fucking delusional. No, she did not become a friend of yours. She's terrified of you. She was bawling her eyes out and she was like, and I was like, why are you recording? This is so fucked. And they had sex in his house. So she was in his house. Emma. And they never told her. Emma. It's horrific. And it just, kind of when I was reading it, I was like, this could have been nipped in the bud when he tried to attack that German girl. You could have got him into extensive psychiatric care extensive the psychiatrist in Japan told you this man is dangerous and he's going to hurt someone and you went no send him off to Paris where his fantasy is blue haired or blue eyed white like blonde haired girls Mm. like he clearly told that psychiatrist he's fucking got cannibalistic tendencies yeah and the dad was like no and then got him out of trouble there and then got him sent back to Japan and then was like oh our lives fell apart oh did they why didn't you let him rot in a jail in in France instead of sending him home Anyway, I'm very sorry. I just, this fa- it's not fascinating. I'm not even fascinated by this. I'm so repulsed by it. And it's also really bothers me that rich people get away with things. Yeah. So that's, it's just like the wealthy are just, it's just like this thing where they can click their fingers and their bullshit goes away. Yeah. And their really horrible, awful bullshit goes yeah. away. Not like a traffic violation. Literal cannibalism. Like scandal. Yeah. Like scandal. Back to scandal. scandal. Don't know what, back to scandal. Scandal is literally just rich people being like, I did this terrible thing. Is this episode going to be one of the ones that we can't air? Is no. it going to be the annals? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'll try Have and do Have we it. ever done an episode we couldn't air? No, but I feel like this is really bad. My poor Colin has to listen to this now. He's going to be like, Jesus Christ, Bobby. I know he is. I'm going to hear him in the room. I don't think it's one we can't air because it's in... And the... I didn't go into very graphic detail either no. about what was done to that poor girl because I don't want to and her family family have suffered. Like... No wonder they, like, they don't what talk the, about how it. How do you ring a family and see? say, hey, how do you... Your daughter's dead. But that's not the worst part. No. How the fuck do you have that conversation with somebody? Just to, Yeah. And then for her family to go to the government and be like, please, please put this man in jail. He's dangerous, for please. Him to like go back to Japan. And he's out. And they knew. And that French, that fucking scumbag French lawyer knew. I'm going to put insane people in prison. He said, this is how a democracy works. It's a fucking cannibal, you goddamn lunatic. French love the democracy, they don't they? They fucking love the democracy. They love hanging their hat on democracy they love, when it comes they love to, sending like, a, terrible shit. I love sending a fucking cannibal back to Japan and sealing his records and knowing right well he's not going to fucking jail. Yeah. Like, when they've done terrible... like Cheese-eating surrender like, monkeys. Do you see this week in... um The... What's his name? Roald Dahl books got edited. Like I heard about this, yeah. And, the, and the French were like, not here. Vive <laughs> <Like, laughs> la France! <laughs> Literally, they were like, it won't be happening here. We will the, not edit anything. The book will still say plump. Let the racism continue. Yeah. And I was um, <laughs> like, because I had like, I didn't have an argument with anybody about it, but like no, I was in Liffey Valley and someone that I know was like, oh, what's so bad? And I just went... It literally costs nothing to be inclusive. Also, that man was a literal Nazi apologizer. I said. <laughs> I just can't. I don't right, care. Like, he was a Nazi. He loved Hitler, lads. And uh, the person I was talking to was like, what? And I was like, he taught Hitler was a visionary. Yeah, thought he had the right idea. Like, so, and also, 
why do you want your like my Lily reads Roald Dahl. Everybody reads like, Roald Dahl. Why do you want? Why do I want my seven year old, eight eight year old, knowing any of those words? Yeah. I was like, do you and and they were they did see what they were like. Oh, history will just be. I was like, but it doesn't like my eight year old doesn't have any books with the N word in it. No. Like, do you understand? And yeah. they were like, oh, it's not. It it is it the is. same. Like, I just can never take seriously anybody who is, like, fighting the corner of a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. She's just like, I'm sorry, I don't really give a fuck. does it take? It takes nothing to be inclusive. Yeah. And also, it actually takes way more to be the opposite. Yeah, these books were written at a time where that shit was perfectly... Exactly. And we have moved forward, lads. Yeah. Like, there's the same reason that when they play Dumbo on Disney, that it they put up that yeah. little thing at the start yeah. being like, hey, just so that you, you see know... see that guy on TikTok who... Uh, he's a, a black guy oh he watches the and stuff he's and he's like, like hey, what I don't it? remember this being racist <laughs> I don't remember any of this stuff and then at the end he's like Jesus <laughs> <laughs> because when you're a kid you don't know that no. what that is so your little brain is like oh that's okay hmm. and then it's not and then you turn into a fucking cannibal Woo! anyway I apologise to everybody uh, I know you're at the end of this now so I'm not going to say don't listen to it but I already warned everybody at the start and I will put tons of warnings when we put it up, I will warn for everything. Yeah. God bless that poor dog. Sweet. Hey, people. Do not Google Issei Sagawa, please. Just, uh, Sarah Jane here. <laughs> Just as an afterthought. We're real sorry. We're real sorry. We're real sorry. But also, if if you're like us and you have a compulsion to know things. Yeah. Well, we're here now and we're here together. Yeah. And obviously this thing is horrible. And you don't And ha- it shouldn't have happened. And you don't have to look at it. And you don't have to... Actually, can't put this in at the beginning. Hey, people. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Jane here. Don't look at any of this. Don't Google anything we talk no, about in this episode. please don't. Please don't. Except for please. the president's eyebrows. Yeah, you can Google that. And uh, we apologise in advance. Uh-huh. But we're doing it. And, and next week will be less... Next week I'll do a fun story. About murder? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll do a story about something else. We don't know what we're doing anymore. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks everybody. And I'm sorry again. And But uh, there's no song this week. There's Colin, just silence. Dead silence. There's no song. Just 15 seconds of dead silence. Like there can be no song. Unless we play Charlie's team again. I kind of want the Michael Keaton one. What's Michael Keaton? I'm a Keaton. I'm a Keaton. Someone asked me on Instagram a while ago to be like, that is the single greatest song I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, I love it. It's one of my favourites. Um, but everybody, yeah, have a nice week if you can after this. Don't Google anything. Um, and we'll be back next week with more of this. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later. Connie. Tell me. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid. Bad seed hurt people you know the problem was he got sloppy you know crazy he started losing he had a head full of bad wiring i guess couldn't keep it straight up here come on i graduated the harvard business school i travel quite extensively i look for the black plague and i had a pretty good time during that i've seen the exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time i see it come on one more thing do me a favor, don't go chasing waterfall. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Because I don't want no scrubs. I'm Michael Keaton, I've got a secret. I'm Michael Keaton, yeah, look at my face. I'm Michael Keaton, I've got a secret. I'm Michael Keaton, yeah, look at my face. Yeah, okay, we can make stuff, we can read.
coffee? This is great. I like it. You wonder why I carry a tape recorder? It's to tape things. See? I'm an idea man, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to keep you. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to keep you. Let's get nuts.